Welcome to episode 70 of Insects for Fun. Today is a listener request episode from Jamie out in New Zealand, wanting to learn more about some prehistoric insects. So today, we'll get into some really cool ancient insects that unfortunately didn't make it through the years, and we'll also learn why they didn't. So right off the bat, let's take a moment to recap on insect evolution. We know they branched off of crustaceans, and it's currently believed that the first insects made their appearance with the first plants in the early Ordovician period, which was over 450 million years ago. But when did they first get wings? And what did they even look like? Our first fossil of a landlocked arthropod comes from 400 million years ago, and it's called Rhinognatha hirsti, but it's not a clear fossil, and as a result has been speculated to be a myriapod, which again are centipedes or millipedes. Actually, there are far more fossils of spiders in myriapods than insects up until around 320 million years ago, for reasons we aren't entirely sure of. But the leading guess is that insects were just incredibly rare. The first definitive fossilized insect is Delitzscala bitterfeldensis, from 325 million years ago in the Carboniferous period. And it belongs to an extinct order of insects called Paleodictyoptera. This Delitzscala resembled a modern mayfly, but with ragonfly-like wings, and its wingspan was a mere two and a half centimeters. However, what it did have, which was super cool, was an extra set of wings, which came out of the first segment of its thorax. Insects in the order Paleodictyoptera ranged in size from small to incredibly large, with the largest reaching a wingspan of 22 inches or 55 centimeters. Some other unique characteristics aside from the extra small set of wings were a large pair of circe or tails that were much longer than the body, and a long stylet mouth that protruded from under the head or straight outwards. The only insects with stylet mouths today are mosquitoes and the true bugs in the order Hemiptera with mosquitoes having a mouth that most resembles the prehistoric Paleodictyoptera. That being said, these ancient flyers are believed to be plant sap feeders, with only a few that might have fed on other animals. The largest insect in this order is called Mazotheros enormous. And I think we all understand what enormous means, even though it is spelled a bit differently. Anyway, this big flyer had the large 55 centimeter wingspan I mentioned earlier, and the fossil for this species was found in the Amazon Creek fossil bed of Illinois, United States. There were three other orders of insects that were closely related to the Paleodictyoptera, which were Megasicoptera, Diaphenopteroidea, and Archodonota. These all had the stylet mouth and were plant feeders just like Paleodictyoptera but they didn't share the six wings. I'll put images of these on the Instagram along with the other insects we're gonna cover today. So the vast majority of insect fossils and prehistoric insects come from the Carboniferous period, which we mentioned earlier. This time period is also known as the Carbon Bearing Period and is illustrated as being incredibly swampy. And it lasted from 359 million years ago to 299 million years ago. Pangaea was just beginning to form, which is the name of the supercontinent that predated our current landscape, and the land masses were largely covered by shallow and warm seawater. This honestly probably contributed to the evolution of flight in insects, and then their explosive diversification, 
with the growth of the Carboniferous rainforests. So the Carboniferous period is when most insects and arthropods were the largest. And though we don't have any concrete proof for the exact reasoning, it is highly suggested to be a result from the incredibly high concentrations of oxygen in the air at the time. Insects at this time were absorbing air that was 31 to 35% oxygen, as opposed to what we breathe now, which is only 21%. But what does oxygen have to do with size? As you probably know, our bodies rely on oxygen to do just about everything. And when that supply is limited, our bodily functions also become more restricted. Insects have an open circulatory system, which we learned about in an earlier episode. And as a result, the oxygen travels through a highly branched tracheal system directly into their cells. However, not all insects were incredibly large. In fact, it's very possible that only a small number of species grew to become giants, and that the majority were of a more moderate size. This is at least proven to be the case by closely observing the fossil records. And the largest insect that ever soared the skies was a dragonfly-esque insect in the order Meganisoptera. The informal name for these insects is griffinfly, which I think is super cool. Griffinflies are often portrayed as just gigantic dragonflies in a lot of modern media. And though they are related, they were not directly related to modern dragonflies. They're known as a transitional lineage, which came between the Paleodictyoptera and what we now have as dragonflies, which is Odonata kind of how amphibians were the transition between fish and land animals. These insects first appeared in the fossil record during the late Carboniferous period around 317 million years ago, and they lasted until the end of the Permian period, which was around 247 million years ago. The largest griffin flies belong to the genus Meganeuropsis, and there are two species currently known, Meganeuropsis permiana, and Meganeuropsis americana. Each of these species had a total wingspan between 27 and 28 inches, or 68 to 71 centimeters, and a body length reaching 48 centimeters. That's pretty good. These giant flyers were predators, unlike their predecessors in the order Paleodictyoptera. And these also had some unique adaptations, making them quite effective at their job. The mouths had strong mandibles that extended outward, and their legs had spines which helped clutch their prey and possibly incapacitate it as well, if it happened to be a soft-bodied animal. The nymphs to these prehistoric insects were aquatic like modern-day dragonflies, and the fossils indicate that they were also predatory. It's unfortunate that none of the insects in this order survived the Great Permian Extinction. But then again, not much did. It was actually the greatest extinction event in history, wiping out 90% of all life in the ocean and 70% of all life on land, but is often overshadowed by the fall of dinosaurs. The exact cause for this extinction is the result of many, many volcanic eruptions, causing forest fires and a toxic level of CO2 among other greenhouse gases. It's not really as epic as the giant asteroid that's believed to have killed off all the dinosaurs. And that's probably why it's not really well known. Anyway, back to the flies. Not all griffin flies were incredibly large. In fact, many were no larger than dragonflies. And we know this from the fossil record. But fossils aren't the only way to study ancient insects and arthropods. 
When it comes to land animals, amber is also a fantastic resource because it shows creatures exactly as they were, frozen in time. The oldest known amber comes from the Carboniferous period, and amber became much more common later in the early Cretaceous, when we began finding insects trapped in it. And New Zealand just so happens to be the place where we have had a near continuous record of amber starting 70 million years ago to the present day, with over 500 arthropods sampled. This concludes today's episode on some prehistoric insects. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you did, please make sure to rate and review the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever platform you listen. It really helps grow the show. And if you'd like to further support the show, you can head to patreon.com forward slash insects for fun to find bonus episodes, blogs, early releases, etc. Links to everything will be available in the show notes, like to the Instagram, Facebook, Discord, Patreon, etc. And if you have a listener submission, you can send it to me at insectsfordummies at gmail.com or you can send it to me via DM in the Instagram page. Thanks again for listening and you'll hear from me again next week.